This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the Fanalist, and Southy. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome, Leafs Nation, to another post-game show. We are Leafs Late Night. I'm Roscoe, joined by one of the usual suspects. I got uh, stuff the Fanalist here, but uh, Southy is having fun. Uh, went out for a dinner with his girlfriend, so uh, they're enjoying a night out. Good for them. So nice. Uh, I'm sure he's still sneaking the score because he's been messaging us about the game. So uh, we, we won't tell unless she listens. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in his place, we have a new member today. Welcome, Justin Bean. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Happy to have you on. Uh, Justin reached out to us with some ideas on Twitter and I uh, thought, hey, let's go for it. We're, uh, we're a community-based podcast here. We like uh, having people on like uh, our good friend Darty Broder, who I reached out to early on when we started this. So, uh, hello, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, hello, Leafs Nation. We've all calmed down after, uh, after that game. <laughs> um, lifelong Leafs fan, self-proclaimed hockey historian. Uh, never got the chance to play as a kid, so I, I read and consumed anything and everything hockey. Nice. From prospects right up to the entire history of the league. Literally can't get enough. Um, Thanks for letting me jump on your coattails, guys, and I'll try and maybe add a little bit here and there. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. So I wrote down two little because uh, we all have our nicknames. You know, it's radio slash podcast world. You got to. Uh, what do you want to go with? I got Beaner and Beans here. Like <laughs> I've been called both throughout my life. Uh, typically, I, I just stay with Bean because it, uh, it, it, it doesn't have a chance to get, you know, mis- misinterpreted in any way. So. Let's do it. Bean, hey, bean it is. Unless I'm bean. reading it off a doc and saying it so wrong that <laughs> that's the only time. But I I truly apologize about that, Justin. Oh, my God. I'm just horrible with names. But uh, Bean it is. So definitely big welcome to you. And thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. One person in my life has got it right the first time. So you no need <laughs> to apologize. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know, I gotta say, have something in common. I never played either. I uh, my parents put me in skating lessons when I was like three, and I cried when I hit the ice. So uh, here we are, <laughs> just talking about hockey instead. Yeah, nice. armchair GMs. Oh yeah. Uh, so before we get into our analysis and breakdown of the game, we got to announce a winner Woo-hoo! because it is the twelve games of giveaways. I'm losing track of which one we're on now, but uh, we've given away lots of stuff already. I think maybe seven. Something like um, that. <laughs> so, Steph, you want to announce our winner today? Yes. Our big winner today is at Jack Carr on Instagram. Congratulations, Jack. <laughs> you have won yourself an awesome Leafs t-shirt along with one of those great stickers by our friend Victoria at Tulin Design. So congratulations. Thank you for listening. Love to have more viewers, everyone that goes along with that. So I know you're a daily listener. So thank you again. Thank you so much. And if you would like to win next episode, we'll drop a uh, code word during this one and uh, send it to us on Instagram or Twitter and you will be entered into the draw just like all of our fantastic winners who have already won. Uh, I am going to get to setting stuff out uh, this week because I'm working this weekend, actually. Fun stuff. So with with that, um, Leafs took on the Blackhawks tonight in Toronto 
uh, started out really good game and then turned into a really not good game and ended with a win. So we'll take the two points. <laughs> yes. But uh, before we get into it, Leafs and Blackhawks, what's what's the deal here? Uh, Bean, you want to tell us a bit about the, the history here? Um, I didn't get too extravagant my first time on the show. Um, they've obviously both been in the league forever, um, both being in the original six. Toronto was the team that um, basically ruined what would have been a, a storybook year for Chicago when we won our last cup in 67. The old gang, <laughs> the over-the-hill gang, as it was called, knocked the yeah. league-leading Blackhawks out of the playoffs before meeting up with the Habs in the final. Um, Hell yeah. The Leafs yeah. actually in Toronto have a winning record against the Hawks, not the past couple of years, as you heard on the broadcast, but 326 games now in Toronto, and wow. the Leafs are 168 to 104 losses with 54 oh, ties. Wow. Not too shabby. Ties. I know. Oh, Remember those days? Thing happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So um, let's jump into it. First period, Steph, you want to start us off? Yeah, just like Justin said, uh, Mr. Bean here, original six matchup uh, was going to be a, you know, didn't know what to expect because Peter Mrazek, first time in the net since October 30th, 19 games out. Uh, he's only been 1-1-0 one, one and oh because he hasn't had that much of a chance thus far, right? And uh, I don't think he's played a full game, has he? Didn't he get pulled out of both games he played? No, he uh, played he that Detroit game. Oh, right, yeah, the Detroit one. he definitely played that Detroit game, and they uh, won 5-4. It was one of, another high-scoring game. 5-4 uh, again. Tonight, battle against the backups. Kevin Lankinen in net as well, and his his stats are 2-4-2, two, and two, uh, 3.19 uh, goals against average, 890 on the year. And uh, there was a lot of talk, too, about Ooh. if Curtis Gabriel is going to start for the Chicago Blackhawks because that huge trade happened this week, and... Coach Derek King debated between him or Hardman, right wing on the fourth line, but unfortunately we did not see the likes of Gabriel. So, yeah, just third game for Spezza I'm, on the suspension, so also missed him as well. Just real quick, I'm more surprised that Chad Chris didn't play than Curtis Gabriel didn't play, given the holes on defense uh, and injuries, I, honestly. But anyway, with, with how, we'll get to that with how Rubens was playing, they weren't going to pull him to do that. Rubens has been playing pretty great. It's been his birthday, I think, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they went and benched him. But <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that. But I agree yeah. with you being uh, I'm so glad that Rubens played. Give this guy a chance. His only third uh, NHL career game. And, you know, we talked about him having 11 hits in the first two games, which is awesome in the fantasy world, right? So, yeah, the first period Wow, lots went on. Five penalties between the two teams. And, of course, right off the first shot, Chicago, no other than Jonathan Tave scores, the guy with the worst puck luck this year. Of course, he scores a goal. And that gave me so much anxiety to start because we're thinking, Mrazic's back, first shot's in. How is this game going to go? You know? But... I felt a little always bit better a, after. <laughs> yeah, it's always, you know, tough to come back in and after so long off. So, I mean, the first first shot is tough. Like, one early you expect, but first shot, uh But, hey, he shook it off and he made some really great saves, uh, even in the first period. But for the rest of the game, he was uh, he was pretty good, given the, the score. He tested the groin, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> the amount of times I heard the word groin tonight on the broadcast. I was, was just going to say that. How many times do we hear groin? Especially like Matthews with the wrist thing, right? Like if I had a penny for every time they said groin tonight, <laughs> we could maybe afford to go to the Leaf game. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, crazy first period. Um, Chicago with the penalties, though. Johnson slash on Muzzin, and I'm yeah, so Yeah, I was going to say Muzzin was way too deep, but oh. he drew a penalty, so yes. uh, why not? He was, the, he was in the corner when there was the entire forward line up there with, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get going deep on defense, but like, yeah, that was a little excessive. But he drew a penalty, nonetheless, like you said. And got to say... Fast again on the panel or on the, on the power play, sinking that right away, which is exactly what we want. Like JT shot just sneaks right through the legs of Lankinen and perfect pass. Nylander from Matthews just being bang bong in. And this is what we need as a playoff entering team later on into the season. We need to carry this through, right? This isn't a November, December thing. This is something we need to continue and move forward with if we want to make it far. So, yeah. But Yeah, do you have the stats on the power play since, uh, I mean, I don't want to say since Marner's been out, but for the last like two weeks, because it's been so much better. Well, I do know that... Uh, Leafs tied the franchise record for five straight games with multi-power play goals. And the last time they wow. did this was December 1981 and January 1993. So I feel wow. like every show we're talking about a new record, a new stat, which is just great for the Leafs, right? Like, and it's always positive. Most things. of them have been good. Some of some of them have been bad. <laughs> mostly, mostly power positive. <laughs> A lot of the naysayers out there, but I don't think everybody realizes how much history we're watching unfold with each game, especially with with a a goal scorer like Matthews, the stuff that he is accomplishing already in his career. Like the guy's 12th all time in Leafs goals. The franchise has been around for 103 years and he's already 12th. Yeah, exactly. And he's still got a long career, hopefully in Toronto ahead of him. Like, and the guy's only, his numbers are going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his numbers are going to be uh, hard to touch for a yep, long time. Absolutely. I actually saw a tweet uh, about the entire NHL. Matthews was fifth among all players. Uh, something about uh, the most five-on-five goals within a specific time period. I don't know. It was an impressive stat that I should have written down, but I was like, wow, this guy is so young. And he's only he's in his prime mm-hmm. right now. Like It's only going to get better for the next couple of years. So... That's a big lock. And thank you, Arizona. Like I saw another tweet tonight. Two things to thank Arizona for. One, uh, getting Matthews interested in hockey because he grew up watching the Arizona Coyotes. And two, for drafting Dylan Strone ahead of Marner. So that was a big Um, plus. And number three, giving up on Michael Bunting. Yeah. (laughs) There's a fourth as well, but we'll talk about that when it comes to prospects. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> That's interesting to Okay. Um, so, again, in the first period, Rubens takes an interference call. Is this what got him benched? I didn't think so because even no. Craig Simpson on the on the broadcast said that shouldn't have been a call. Yeah. Okay. So, Rubens takes an interference call. Um, this was probably the worst power play – or, sorry, penalty kill I've ever seen in my life. But somehow, Chicago didn't score. Like, they spent the entire time in the Leafs' end. All and Muzzin are just – the worst penalty killers. Muzzin, without looking, tried to clear it and just threw it at Pierre Engvall, who was in the middle of the zone. 
And so it hit him and stayed in and Chicago went right back to the off. Like if they'd scored on that, I would have been livid. Yeah, definitely. And the Leafs PK hasn't been that great lately. Like we're still 81%, even though the last 19 penalties, we've only killed 12 before the game uh, tonight. So, but definitely missing Marner on the PK. I've noticed uh Huge role he plays, underrated, that's for sure. But uh, Chicago only had one shot on their power play, which was nice. And they've actually only were 11% since October 30th. I saw tonight 31st in the league on the the power play. So, yeah, not I mean, that just goes to the uh, what everyone's been saying about how this is one of the worst years for like the top half of the league being so much better than the bottom half of the league. Like there's so much disparity. Like Mm -hmm. the difference between first and 12th place is like eight points between, I think it's like 40 and 32 points or something. And then the bottom of the league is like between 16 and 25. It's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that because if you look at the two teams tonight's power or penalty kill, Toronto is 81.7 and Chicago is 81%. Only a point seven off from being 15th to 18th. I know it's not that much of a difference, but it's literally by the decimals. A lot of that, I think, has to do with Flower. By the way, shout out. Third goalie in NHL history to reach 500 wins. That's impressive. Yes. Attaboy. I love the Sully there at the end. The team just spraying him down with the water bottles. That was Uh, awesome. It deserves it. What elite goalie, right? Like this guy, just awesome. And... I hope he continues to play because I know before the season with the huge trade to trade to Chicago, what a slap in the face too, right? For nothing whatsoever. And then uh, I thought personally, I'm like, damn, is this guy just going to retire? Because that was like the biggest slap in the face ever. But uh, no kidding. I'm glad it's working out now and getting better because I know Chicago had a horrible start to begin of the year. Yeah. So uh, again, in the first JT behind the net feeds, Mr. William Nylander. who uh, makes it 2-1 with a beauty awesome awesome pass so happy that he was right in front like I mean I'm always yelling at the TV like in front just get in front come on guys or they're not there but no this is awesome 15 points in the last nine games oh beauty and this is exactly what we needed to get that momentum going especially the one the first goal on the first shot on Morazic this is when my anxiety started to go down I'm like okay we got this. This is this is getting better. Yeah. So then uh, my anxiety went through the roof as Kerfoot almost takes a knee on knee. Yeah. Uh, but it ends up being a, kind of a shin on shin and the most obvious tripping call on the planet as he falls to his face. Leaves back on the power play and immediately Matthews scores three to one. Huge first period. Yes. Kashe with the loose change in front once again, parking his ass right in front of the goalie. And oh man, like I, I know in previous episodes, I miss saying, I said, I miss Simmer on the power play because he has such good hands and he's always blocking the eyes of the goalie. But I'm so glad someone like Kashe can just come up and play that role. And, you know, perfect pass to Matthews right in and Nylander shot too. Like that was an awesome shot. Def big rebound from Lankinen, which which was bad on him, but uh, hard to hard to save. So yes, second power play goal of the period, perfect. Yep, and my fantasy team loves you. Thank you for the two power play points, a goal and an assist, Austin Matthews. <laughs> yes, many <clears throat> people celebrating their Tim's picks tonight because uh, they're always banking on Matthews getting that goal. So 
Yeah, he's I put him on the draws roll. the last couple weeks too. He's been impressive. Oof. Yeah. No kidding. Definitely, and that's a big reason why the Leafs are second in the league on the on the dot, right? And tonight, actually, surprisingly, their numbers aren't as good as they usually were. They were fifty two percent, which still can't oh. complain. But uh, we've been talking about the draw all year long, and. Yeah, the Leafs are killing it, and I'm loving it, man. Like, it's an awesome time to be a Leafs fan, of course. But, hey, this game uh, went a little downhill. But we're not there yet. I know, I know, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself. Second period starts. (laughs) Second period starts. And uh, the fourth line was awesome tonight. That was uh, Steve's, Engvall, and Clifford. Clifford throwing the body around lots, and Steve's was just – his positioning is great. His offensive awareness is great. I'm starting to see why they – uh, have so much confidence in bringing him up to the, uh, the big leagues. His grandparents but, uh, in the stands. Yeah, his grandparents and his parents made it out. His grandparents came in from Nova Scotia, I think they said, which is crazy. Yeah, um, so nice. But uh, Steve's, like you said, with Kasha, parks his ass in front of the net. And uh, Engvall, Pierre Engvall, lights the back of the net, lights the lamp. Uh, Love it. Love you, you little giraffe, you. But uh, oh. this all started from an Alex Steve shot that misses the net. Clifford keeps the play alive, which, yes, kudos to Clifford. I want to see him get in there besides just throwing the bot around. I want to see those hands and making those plays. So keeps the play alive. Right to Ingvall. Perfect shot. We know Ingvall has kind of a snipe of a shot, you know, like when it, when it, when he uses that snipe, it's beautiful. But Steve's awesome inside position on Connor Murphy, allowing Inval to take that shot. Yes. Love it. Shout out to, uh, Lindsay Jeffs on Twitter at Linz MJ. We were talking before the game or early in the game about, um, who was going to finish the season with more goals, Engval or Richie. And, uh, we said, you know what? I think Richie's going to. And we both agreed. And then Engvall scored like 10 minutes later. <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, well, he was reading. Open Richie, the Engvall. Man. Wanted to prove us wrong. Like, we had the. <laughs> open the Engvall. Oh, I haven't heard that. I like, I like that. It. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Wow. But uh, damn, Richie, though. We had an ongoing joke being about uh, like so many games leading up. Oh, if Nick Richie scores, I'm going to dye my hair blue. I'm going to wear Habs jersey on the pod, you know? <laughs> Like, so obviously, yeah, always rooting for the guy, but damn, like this guy has no puck luck. I love how he always looks lost. None. Every time the camera goes to him, he always looks like he doesn't know where he is. It's just amazing. Yeah, he's like, what am I doing? Where am I? Why am I here? It just astounds me how some people are so good at hockey when they're just so, like, you can just tell. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. Um, so, so uh, with that, that's the last Leaf goal until uh, about a minute left in the game. So now we move on to the period where, um, well, not the period, I guess the section of the game where Leafs Nation collectively went, the Leafs are leafing it up again. Second period, woof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do we start? Yeah. So, um who is the worst on defense Hall. tonight? Yeah. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. I, I I hate to say it, but Babcock Definitely. might have been on yeah. something. 
we saw some flashes of greatness from him last year in the playoffs against uh against everybody i saw a tweet yesterday i wish i would have wrote it down i should have considering i knew i was coming on but the problem's not muzzin it's 100 percent hall they broke down the different pairings muzzin's had over the season when he's with brody they're great numbers when he's with yes um i think the other one was riley they're great or no lilligren they're great numbers and then when he's with hall it's just atrocious Yeah, Hall was so great last season to the point where he was protected in the Seattle expansion draft, right? Like, that is absolutely mind-blowing to think about that right now. But, yeah, what? I don't know. what It's not injury. It's, it's not that he's lost. Like, I don't know. There's no more explanation. I don't yeah. know what to do with him. But I don't remember the second goal that Chicago scored, but I think it was the third one where they had a um, there was two of them rushing down towards the Leafs net. And I forget who it was that had the puck, but I think it was Clifford was on him and Hull decided to double up on him instead of taking Kubelik, who was in front of the net wide open, who took a cross ice pass when Hull like on the replay, you look at it's like. Paul, like Justin, where what what are you looking for here? Like, yeah. what were you? Kurashev. What is your thought in your positioning? Like, where? where <laughs> yeah, oh two guys on one, and one guy left right in the open. La di da, so much ice. Poor Peter Morazic. I mean, at that point of the game, I was just thinking, buds, you need to play for your tender right now. You need to show this guy that we want you back here healthy and to get the win tonight and not just leave you out dry and hanging, which is just embarrassing. But uh, yeah, Toronto took the penalty too in the second period, which resulted in the Connor Murphy power play goal and Clifford late in position, Kubalik taking the eyes away from Mrazek and no one there to push him out of the way or to get him out of like get his ass out of his face you know what i mean like it's just too easy i found tonight that chicago had a lot of shots go in from the point like the blue line so but right after that i was very impressed i gotta say i gotta bring up that matthew shot ding 82 and a half miles per hour shot just on the the wrist shot (laughs) are you kidding yes Wow. Are you joking? Like, oh, yes. Dented the post with that one. Yeah. And the big problem in the second two was that barely any shots. Toronto had three shots on net in the second period. How embarrassing. Chicago yeah. had 14. Oh, yeah. You just. So that was. <laughs> you just lit the goalie up for three uh, goals in the first, and then you get three yeah. shots in the second. Yeah, the big boys came out in the first, and then the second, it's kind of like, oh, what the hell happened, guys? But even uh, Kane, all alone in front of Mraz, like, good thing it was an awesome save, but shit, like, you don't want to leave Patrick Kane alone in front of your net. Come on, guys. Or as I tweeted, Patrick, I didn't know anything, Kane. Because, honestly, it's been months. People aren't talking about it anymore. I got to keep that, you know. I don't want to let him off. He got let off I for know. 10 years. I'm not letting him off the hook now. Um, but <laughs> what that like I tweeted when it was 4-2. Like my dad always says next goal wins at 4-2. Like it's just, you know, simple math would tell you otherwise, but it's the momentum, right? You know, you're especially when you're up 4-1 to 
and you start to let those in back to back, like it, it's a rough spot to be in. Mm-hmm. So then you start seeing all the tweets. It was four one. <sighs> yeah. Well, Blackhawks score again. It's four three, mm-hmm. and then again it's four four. Yeah. Hagel tipping for a shot from the blue line, like just one of those shots where you're like damn, it shouldn't have made it that far or even close to the net. You know what I mean? And then I saw a tweet too that Rubens was benched after that uh, Kubalik goal. And you're like, why Why is yeah. this guy benched out of all players? <laughs> Hall should be getting the benching. You know what I mean? Like this guy's a rookie and obviously there's going to be mistakes to be made. But Hall, man, like we've been here. Did you read your notes we gave you last time? Did you listen to the show? Come on. <laughs> but I, do we think he needs to act, just be scratched for yeah. a couple games? Like, Again, didn't we already do he, that? He didn't though? play yeah, we've been half there. bad when he came back. We've done that. For a little bit, but he, he needs something's not right between the ears. Yeah. He, ha- he was a minus two tonight, three hits, one block, one- two giveaways. I mean, the Leafs tonight, 17 giveaways versus seven giveaways. So that's uh, bad times. But uh, yeah, I got to say, Ed, your dad there, tonight wasn't one of those factors where the next goal, that team wins. I'm so glad and I can't believe it because camp scores on an unlucky bounce for Lankinen. Oh my God. This is the guy I was rooting for because of course it's against Chicago, right? And he scored against them last time. And it was the game where the Leafs turned it around after such a losing streak. And that's when the hot streak started, especially on my birthday. So Camp had one goal last year, right? For the Blackhawks. (laughs) I know. He scored in both games against them. That's hilarious. Now he has four. And yeah, just unlucky for Lankanen though, kind of felt sorry for the guy, but I saw the Peter Morazic interview at the end of the game and he said, my goalie coach and junior said, when it bounces off the glass, you stay in net. And that's exactly what I would have done. Unlucky. So off the post. But you know, out. you know where Lankanen got that play from was his, uh, his starting goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh who, my uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> pulled one of those Flurry would last be cartwheeling or something like he'd be doing a flip in the air and then going over there like he's just so all over the place you know? <laughs> Flurry probably would have made the save though oh definitely um, I, <laughs> definitely i gotta say though if camp had not scored that the leafs would have lost this game in overtime maybe if matthews like, didn't the way get they were in. playing the way they were playing and the way that the hawks were playing like i I would stand by like next goal wins because they got real lucky and you saw it on Dubas's face that cut up to him. Yeah. And the only, the only way I can describe his face is you lucky. That, that's really bitches. it. Yeah. I was about to yell at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was just he, like his, for anyone who sees this on YouTube, his, he just did. I just walked away. Like he, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even happy that you won this because you didn't deserve to. Yeah. Like, yeah yep. exactly just gonna go down Shout there and slap the shit out of them but yeah toronto with a big push in the third though with the 12 shots versus nine shots and i'm so happy that went in especially for our boy camp we've been talking so much about him all it's all year long right like he's one of those guys just like we said brody if you have nothing to say about him it's usually a good thing because he's doing his job he's playing defensively he's just 
great all around and yes camp and then uh keith rewarded the guy with the matthews line did you see the last minute he they put kasha yeah. camp matthews out there so nice yeah that That's was a fun, fun. Line. I, I missed that yeah but uh so we will get two questions after break because we're going a little over here but before we go to break we're going to do uh it was pretty good i'm feeling pretty good Pretty, 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 pretty good. Okay, who was <laughs> who was who was pretty good tonight? Who gets your picks? Kasha. Mm, you know, like yeah, it, it, it's been a, a broken record. Really, Kasha he's definitely. been amazing the last couple of games, but just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree when a lot of people were saying that it looks like the team's given up. Uh, yeah. He was the only one that was still playing, it seemed like. It was him and Bunting um, and the fourth line. I think the fourth line looked awesome, That the the Clifford, Steves, and um, Engvall line. But uh, yeah. besides the power play, the first two lines were pretty absent. Yeah, Cache with four shots tonight, our scrappy duo of the team with Bunting, you know, like this, like you said, he does not give up and that's exactly what we want and he's so excited, even when someone else scores, he's just so full of joy and I gotta say, a guy who was pretty good tonight that was very quiet at the same time, who quietly put up three points, William Nylander, he had two assists, one goal, he set up Obviously, two goals with a nice or one sh- one shot off the net, which resulted in that uh, loose change in front for Matthews, and then the one with JT. Like the guy is doing his job, and he's doing it at an excellent rate right now. So I know we had so many complaints years ago when he signed, right? Like, oh my god, what's with this guy? But no, it's panning out perfectly, and Dubis is a smart guy. So, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna give my pick to. Peter Mrazek, who, despite all the goals against this uh, this game, I can't fault him with any of them. This is his first game back. I mean, the first one was a little rough, but um, mm-hmm. everything else was the defense leaving him hanging. He made some amazing saves. He hasn't played in a while. He's coming off an injury, and he needed to prove himself. There was a lot riding on him doing well tonight. Uh, yeah. He's had a lot of competition riding up uh, from Joseph Wall. Um, I don't know if the team management so much agrees with that competition but i think mm-hmm. leafs nation has been very much like we don't need Mrazek, let's get rid of him <laughs> so i mean there was a lot riding on him doing well and i think he he pulled out a, a decent win despite like i said the four goals against so yeah that's my pick yeah even though he put it put up an 886 tonight it wasn't his fault i mean the guy no. played great he does not look like he had a groin injury but yeah, he had a full, full like a couple of good saves, and he even like I love how he bounces up onto yep. his skates from his knees. You notice that he just jumps yeah, right his, up. <laughs> I'm like, and his go, pads man. are awesome. I love his gear. The his helmet's sick. The chrome and the blue on blue pads are so awesome. Yeah, I've got four different saves wrote down just from the first period alone. Like he, they, he was getting no help. Yeah, massive save off the inside of his skate off the cat. Um, absolutely robbed Hagel with his right pad, mm-hmm. sticking it back up in the air after a first save already. Like, yep, yeah, totally agree. Notice that for sure. And 
Yeah, this guy, he's an excellent goaltender. Just unfortunately, the injury bug has bit him super hard. And his debut with the uh, Toronto Marlies was not too good with a 5-1 loss. And I'm actually surprised that he got the game after that one. I thought he'd play for one more with the Marlies. But no, I'm glad he came up and I'm glad it worked out. And too bad the Buds didn't play how we'd want them to play, but I'm glad he got the W at the end of the day. The, the one thing about goalies a lot of people don't think about is with the AHL, you have guys, they're trying anything and everything to get into the show. That's fair. Yeah. So it's hard. It's almost harder for a goalie in the AHL than it is the NHL. Yeah. Because they're going to shoot from a place that has like a 1% chance of going in, but they're going to shoot because if it goes in, they're going to get noticed. Yes. Yeah, you have forwards that are trying to get noticed and defenders that are usually sent down from their team because they're not playing well. So you've got <laughs> a pretty rough chance of <laughs> making pulling out a win down there. Well, that's kind of what I was going to say to him playing in the AHL is he might have looked good like he did tonight, even though he let in five goals. Like it could have been the defense just collapsed, considering most of the Marley's defense has been called up to the Leafs at this point. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I did not catch that game and I did not watch the highlights. I'm just going by the paper here. But uh, yeah, no, this this man, like people say he maybe may have been a little overpaid in the offseason, bringing him onto the team. But I seriously hope he stays healthy because he is the ultimate security blanket for the Leafs. So yeah, I hope it works out for him. Um, Hey, just so we all know, the... Um... Toronto Marlies played tonight. Joey Anderson got a hat trick oh, as the Toronto yes, Marlies down the Springfield Thunderbirds 4-2. Um, Good job, Joey. Bobby McCann also scored for the Marlies, while Josh Osang had two assists. Okay, so, right on. I'll leave the rest of the uh, the prospect truck for later. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go to break here. When we come back, we'll do uh, questions from Twitter, and then we'll get into some uh, Leafs prospect pool chat. So our music feature tonight is from the White House, White House. I apologize. I think it's White House. Um, this is She Said Hi. So um, real quick, this band is from Toronto. I believe they're originally from Oshawa. Uh, they're releasing music in pop, R&B, country, rap, tropical, reggae, kind of a mix of everything. everything. Uh, I, have, I, I like this song. I think it's kind of cool. It reminds me of... Um, that song butterfly from the 90s okay so uh without any more further ado on my chatter here's uh she said hi by the white house i rolled up a fat one watching the cars go by the sun was shining with nothing but blue skies and i was thinking to myself today couldn't get much better than this girl she just walked by with those big brown eyes she said hi said hi what you gonna do tonight whoa yeah 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 she said hi i said hi what you gonna do Gonna do tonight. Whoa, yeah, yeah. 
are back. Thank you so much to the White House for letting us use their track. Check them out. We'll uh, we'll tag them in all of our uh, our tweets, and I'll put the link to the song in the description. You guys can check that out. Uh, that is, she said hi. So now we're gonna go to questions from Twitter. So our first one comes to us from Johnny. Uh, shout out, same name at GT Marley. Um, so this is, what do the Leafs need to change to stay engaged for the last 30 minutes? <laughs> Good question. That's a tough question. That's like a loaded question. <laughs> I think it's a little, just to expand on this, um, I think it's a little more than like the last 30 minutes. I think it's just staying engaged for a full period. There's been a lot of end of period goals against them or end of period penalties or things that have really hurt the Leafs this year. Um, how do you play a full 60 minute game with these guys? Like, what's the issue? I mean, I'm going to say, first of all, injuries play a factor, but what do you guys think? Injuries has been a huge thing. Um, the last couple games too, you come off that trip, come back home, you, you're tired, a lot of travel and it, it's not an excuse. These guys are professionals. They're getting paid to play, but for sure, we all know. It yeah. I mean, factor. if we look at the standings, the Leafs have played more games than everybody else. Like, all the time it's it seems like they have a really packed schedule compared to everybody else so i mean like you said they're paid to do this so it's yep. it's not really an excuse but it's it's worth mentioning i think yeah um i think leafs just need mm-hmm. to tighten the hell up i mean they clearly did it in the first period especially when you're killing penalties and playing for your goaltender they need to continue that they can't take a seat back they need to just keep pushing and pushing and all pucks on the net guys in position get the rebound you know and um the Leafs otherwise I mean we have a pretty good penalty kill we are second in the league on the dot uh, third overall in goals against so that's also a good stat but at the same time obviously they were first going into the night yeah but for oh, against. well Justin Hall just I'm not saying trade the guy right now, but because obviously we protected him for a reason in this Seattle expansion draft. There must be something, but things uh. he's playing out of his spot on the roster. Let's just put it that way. And time is a ticking. So things got to change because Keith has juggled the lines. He's tried anything and everything to help the guys. So I don't know. It's all defensive wise for me. And I think that we're kind of at a certain point in the wave. Like, I mean, they, they started down, they go up, they're winning, they're on fire. Then they get comfy on fire. They start trend down. And it's kind of this time how they respond to this will show how prepared they are to go to the playoffs. Because, you know, when you get comfortable and, you know, think you can win every game by scoring three goals in the first period and then sitting back, you know, tonight kind of proved you can't. So, yeah. Yep, that's true. Yep. You and can, that's you can't why it's such 82. a long season for guys to iron out the details right now. Take the game, move yep. forward, take these notes, and play better next time. And of course, we'll see. It's always a we'll see moment. But yeah, obviously hoping for the best. Uh, Justin is from the area, and you know this guy. Or sorry, he's from Minnesota, but he's been in the area for the last decade, right? In the Marlies and such. So. We'll see. (laughs) 
So next question comes from Dusty from Peterborough. Shout out Peterborough. Uh, McDuster705, player of the game. Um, we answered that in our pretty, pretty good. Um, so yeah, we, we, we let them one know. But thanks for sending the question anyway. Um, yeah. Right? Just Love the Dusty. Twitter handle. Love it, man. McDuster. Um, so, and also shout out to JD who said Morazic for me, Chicago would have won. Hey, shout out, same pick. Chicago would have won this if not for Lankin and ship performance and undisciplined penalties led to two leaf power play goals. Morazic made several big saves. Have to agree. JD at dangerous JD. Thank you. Long time listener. Um, next question comes from Jason Lyle. Why is Engvall still playing? I think he did okay tonight. He, I think this line that they've put him on with Clifford and uh, and Steve's looks good. I know it's been a struggle for him thus far, but I think there are players that are struggling maybe a little more now. I know I was ripping on Engvall for a lot of the beginning of the season, but how what? quietly, if you look at a lot of the games, um, and if you get a chance to see any of the analytics mm-hmm. side, I know analytics aren't everything. Eng- Engvall's almost key yeah. safety blanket behind camp. He he uses him a lot, and he's he's sneaky good, and he's actually a little yeah. sneaky dirty too. Yeah, I gotta um, agree on with the that. defensive and side of the puck. Same with way back to training camp, he missed over th- what three quarters of training camp with injury, and then there were so many guys in the lineup that were going to take his spot, but he just came back and said. He just shut that shit down, and he's just like, nope, I'm playing this year, and he showed Keith, you know what, I'm playing this year, and we know the guy has a wicked shot, like I said earlier. He has an awesome reach as well because he's tall as hell and has a huge neck too, but, you know, but anyways, (laughs) this guy, like, he can be so good, and he's a speedy little aspect on that fourth line, which just bolsters the team because we don't just want to – heavy heavy fourth line or third line like you need that speed element and i'm for it agreed uh next question comes from at may belief fan another uh frequent question sender hey oh uh, thank you this was also very liked by the community why bother appealing when this uh is the crap process so this is in reference to the spezza uh, appeal of the six game suspension Suspension is already half over and only one third of the way through the appeal process. Um, I think that's kind of the point of the appeal process is to make it only like usable for things that are like 21 games or 14 games, like things like this there, you know, if it's five or six games or less, I don't think there's any luck in appealing it. With the wording of how, everything went down, the report of it, so what Spezza felt, and then what the league said about it. I don't think this would even get mm-hmm. dropped past about four anyways. Um, and then at, at this point, even if, say, they reviewed it and, you know, Spezza won the appeal and it got dropped to one or two games, he would then get the money yeah. back that he's losing from these extra games. Which, when he when he's only making oh, 750000 <laughs> best contract in the league. I think um, two games works yeah. out to, like, $1,300 <laughs> for him or something. <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of like the league slapped on the six game suspension just to kind of push him to appeal it. Like, that's what I thought when I first heard that. And uh, I don't know, I'm totally with you being on that it should be dropped to four because that was my guess. If he appeals, it has to be dropped to four. But yeah, I don't know. 
first time offender you know we've been there done that talked about it but go ahead not that i'm a conspiracy theorist but uh you know the head of the department of player safety there you go had his career ended by a maple leaf and then he goes he goes and slaps a six game suspension on someone with twelve hundred games who has never done anything. Is this the same person anything? who was head of player suspensions um, when Kadri got uh, his odd one that was for the series? Yeah. Not that I yeah. want to be that yeah. person. Big game. But yeah. Just just like yeah. oh. just just an interesting <laughs> fact too. Did you see on the broadcast that Derek King also played for the Leafs and that was a huge moment for for him and coming yes, back as I think co- I don't know if this was his first time in Toronto uh, coaching versus Toronto in Toronto. Oh, as has coach. Okay, good as, to know. As head coach, yeah. Wow, it's just one of those things. And I was talking to Johnny and Sudley earlier, just another Leafs stat like Bruce Bordeaux scored his first career NHL goal on Jim Rutherford, like Leafs versus Red Wings. And now look at them, you know, like that was back in 1977 and now they're working together. And it's always like something to do with the Leafs because the league is like revolved around the Leafs. (laughs) But also interesting to that point that we found out Jimmy Rutherford is going to be the president and interim GM. So he's looking for a new GM. So, uh, Everybody thought he was going to be the new GM. Not quite. Hunter Bucks says he makes a trade before he hires your <laughs> Just GM. Oh, Horvat to Toronto. <laughs> I saw oh. that. Uh, hey. Yeah, another hey, captain to add to the, the roster night. too, right? We'd have like the most most previous captains on one single, no single roster. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, so our last question comes from at Sarah. Waugh. Thanks, Sarah. Um, was Muzzin's open ice hit above the shoulders? Mm. Will he get picked up in a post-match review? It will get looked at. Um, every angle I saw, it looked like mm. just behind his shoulder, like perfectly on the shoulder. Yes. Secondary contact was the head, but the way the rule book is written right now, it should be yeah. deemed a clean hit. This is like we were talking about last time, like when something is a clean hit, but still send somebody to concussion protocol. Like, and this is not the first one, even this week we saw Jacob Truba send two people to concussion protocol mm-hmm. with clean hits. So it's a hard topic. The Juju the Arcara one, I mm-hmm. personally, I think he got head first. Yeah. And that this might just hit. Me. his head was down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's always keep your head up, but the muzzin hit, I'm kind a little bit surprised they didn't stop the play on that, right? Because Johnson was definitely shook, shook and he went to the bench still shook and it led to a goal for Chicago, right? That was the Kubelik's Kubelik goal right off that play. So part of me was like, shit, like you should have blown the whistle on that. But the other part of me is like, oh, it wasn't enough, but... I think it was clean. It's just Muzzin's a huge guy, so obviously it's going to be a higher hit. And I don't think uh, Johnson's a very big guy to begin with, so it's just proportions that that matter. And like when you put skates on him, he's definitely like the shoulders just going to hit him in the head or close to. But I did see the angle too, Bean, and I don't think it was direct. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, real quick, this is less a question from Twitter and just a thing I saw on Twitter. 
Um, so I had a little fangirl moment as I tweeted back and forth with Andrew Berkshire, who hosts uh, Game Over Montreal. No big deal. Um, <laughs> so he tweeted that uh, first shot in the Montreal game uh, for Montreal took seven minutes. First shot in the second period for Montreal took 12 and a half minutes. Oh. Ouch. And I just retweeted that saying, what is happening? And he replied, they're bad and half the roster's injured. <laughs> but so yep. the Blues got revenge for the back-to-back finals losses in the late yeah. 60s tonight. Also, um, <clears throat> what the hell happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning today? Yeah. Losing 4 nothing to the Ottawa Senators? I mean, shout out Drake Batherson, who... Brady yeah, Kachuk. Brady Kachuk had a hat-trick, and Drake Batherson with three assists. Thank you so much on my fantasy team Brian for that. Elliott in net, um, right? <laughs> but what the hell happened? Yep. I don't know. Uh, Anton Forsberg. And I... Not that... Yet again, not that everything revolves around the Leafs, but, you know, the Lightning yes. played one hell of a game against us the other night. They did. Sometimes you have yeah. a little bit of and a letdown after a game It's like pretty that. solid. I mean, we spoke about this guy previously, and, like, I I definitely had a take at one point where I'm like, watch this guy get the 1A position. I think that was the first game against the Sens in the regular season because he was a brick wall, and look at him now. Look at Murray in the AHL, so. Forsberg yeah, got tired of living out of a van last year. Right, so claimed claimed like oh, four times man. on waivers like within Galinchuk, a month. Like Galinchuk, you know, like just a a team bouncer, as I like to call them. The, the guy can't stay to one team, and then you have like Michael Delzato now on waivers, and you look at his previous yep. six years, and he's just been all over the country, like the continent, just like here, there, here, and I'm like, oh my god, but. Hilarious tweet from uh, Goran at Sens Sensei today. Uh, I think it was yesterday. No, it was today. Uh, Okay, Pierre, what about Matt Murray? Wave him. Wow. Okay, what about Michael? Wave him. Sorry to interrupt, Mr. Dorian, but your uh, your girlfriend's online. (laughs) Wave her. Pierre, are you you all right? Wave you, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Well, that was so good. And then I I said, uh, Pierre, there's a jersey on the ice. Whose is it? Wave them. (laughs) Man. Ugh. I still want to throw a ref jersey but, on the ice one day. Yeah. That would be epic. Um, also, I don't know if anyone has Jonas Brodeen, who was plus 28% rostered in the last week, but he was knocked out of this game with an upper body injury against LA in the first period. So he's injured. Yay. Oh. Another one to add to the list. Wow. Take of 170-odd um, players on injury, like we said last. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. Ooh, code word time, code word time. Uh, so if you would like to win some some fun Leafs gear, send us this code word. Uh, this is based on the insane broadcast uh, word from tonight. Bean, you want to uh, you want to drop the code word? Groin. <laughs> the code word is groin. You heard it here. Code word's groin. Uh, that is a shout out to Peter Morazic, whose groin was shouted out. Time and time and time and time and time and time again on this broadcast for some reason. <laughs> um, so with that, let's uh, let's get into some Leafs prospect pool stuff. I was going to download a pool sound effect, but I forgot to. So cheering it is. Um, so I guess the first one to talk about, um, I had another thing I wanted to get to, but we talked about other things. Oh, actually. Before we do that, we should do the Zegras thing. Yeah. 
Ah, I uh, forgot about this. Yes. So uh, obviously everybody's seen the the famous Zegras Milano goal by now, right? What, do you guys, what was your first impression? I've seen uh, five-year-olds do it now. I've seen people in Sweden do it. I've seen everyone do it on social media. I've seen the Tampa, Bay, the Tampa Bay Lightning do it. Did you see that? I did not. They were lining up for their, uh, the Lightning were lining up for their skate before a game and they were all taking turns trying to do it on Vasilevsky. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, this was the fastest moment this year i gotta say that just spread like wildfire among fans among people who play like everyone it's just a copycat moment people are like wow like oh yeah there were people like michael b jordan was sharing it saying like i don't watch hockey but this is amazing like people that don't watch hockey were sharing this all over saying this is wild which is amazing for the game yeah yeah. I chose my words very carefully there, saying it's amazing for the game. Anybody want to take a stab at why? <laughs> F you, torts, but... So, for some... Because John Tortorella, I think the whole point is he's like the on-air, I'm going to say something inflammatory, and that's what's going to draw people to watch this show, is to see what comes out of Torts' oh. mouth. Like, I think this is almost like... Modern-day Don Cherry? Yeah. Yeah, Torts is turning into Don Cherry. He's like, if anyone watches Dragon's Den, it's like Kevin O'Leary. Oh. They just throw him there to say things to make it like he's just supposed to be the, the hated character, you know? So uh, Torts says, um, I don't want to sound like a fool. It's a good goal, but I'm paraphrasing here, but it's not good for the game. And if you did this in the late 90s, early 2000s, you get your head taken off. I'm sorry. The first thing that came up was clips of Pavel Datsuk doing this in the late 90s, early 2000s. So mm -hmm. first of all, wrong um second of all like i just said you have people outside of hockey sharing this which is the best thing that can happen to your sport is when people think it's cool whether they watch the game or not i've had people sending me this non-stop yeah Absolutely. from a business aspect to a play aspect this is great for the game i don't know what this dinosaur is talking about i mean you gotta brush off the dust there bud because you know look how fast like i said you have five-year-olds doing it you have tampa lining up doing it like how is this bad I don't get it. It's not like I get maybe the high stick portion where you don't you don't want to hit it above the crossbar. And that's the tricky part. Right. But other than that, come on. It's a good goal. Yeah. How, how about Zegers getting all the credit? I know. I know. <laughs> the guy was on waivers yes. the week before. And he was the guy. Hey, but you know what? It. Nobody knew who Sonny Milano was. No one knew who Sonny Milano was a week ago. Now they all do. So good for yeah. him. Yeah. And. Sports new in yeah. Columbus. I know, right? Exactly. And Milano was the one yelling, Michigan, Michigan. And then he happened to flip it over instead of the Michigan. And it worked out perfectly, right? So it's always sunny in Milano. Yeah. <laughs> but amazing. Yeah. It's awesome, Beautiful. man. Like, okay. Dream blunt rotation right here. You got Torts, Don Cherry, and Mike Babcock. Mm -hmm. Oh, jeez. What the fuck? Oh, wouldn't that be a panel? Or even just like, <laughs> oh, if they did a podcast, if they featured on Cherry's podcast, I would totally listen to that. Just to every, everything, oh every line would be a soundbite. Yeah. The the first time I saw Oops. a Babcock okay, so. on TV not coaching and actually like on a panel, I was just mind blowing because I heard about it and then I watched the guy and this it was the longest time i've seen him smile continuously no doubt but this guy like it was just 
odd. And then now you have torts and like these random like Bali sports feeds with all these things. And then that other feed with oh God, Biz yeah. that one time. And, you know, like what is going on this year? Biz is on TNT all the time. It's TNT. awesome. The TNT one is amazing. The Bali sports one sucks. Um, <laughs> but uh, we should get to the... Leafs prospect pool as I keep talking about here. So uh, being uh, here as we've brought on is a, uh, like he's talked about, worked in, uh, did an internship in scouting and, you know, done some, done some research on these guys. So uh, so take it away here. Who should, my first one here was like, who should we be excited about? Because I don't know anything about the kids. Right now, the one I'm most excited about um, is the right-handed defenseman out of Finland, Topi Niemela. Ooh. So this kid, 19-year-old, playing Lee. for, Carpet. I lost the team name here, um, yeah, Carpat over in Finland, 19 years old, defenseman, and he's seventh in the league in points. Wow. He is lighting it up. He is pretty much a lock on the World Juniors for Finland this year, and I'm going to, he probably won't make it, but I could see him making the Finnish Olympic team. Might be a little bit of a long shot, but he has played that well. Wow. Uh, Leafs got him in the third round, 64th wow. overall. Wow. Two picks, two picks behind uh, Rodion Amirov, who has been, who is basically ghosting hockey right now. Yikes. Now, are Niemela's uh, points, are the, is that like playmaking or is he, uh, you know, shot from the point? Like what's, what's his play style like? <sighs> Not, it, it's tough to compare um, players. I almost would put him at, Maybe like a Riley, okay, okay, type, like like esque player. Um, it, it, basically, all the picks since Dubas has been there are all kind of the same. They all have very very high ceilings. Um, Niemela's got a very high ceiling, a little bit more of a risk. You know, he's not going for for the safe plays that you know you're going to get a fourth liner out of it. He's going for the guys that if they hit, they're going to be superstars. It's like he's taking a page out of uh, Masai Ujiri's book there. <laughs> I can see why you would say Riley, though, because this kid, as a 19-year-old defender, has 24 points in 30 games played. He's a plus six with only eight penalty minutes. Because we know Riley doesn't take penalties, right? And this guy's scoring goals. He Mm -hmm. has eight goals on the season. Or sorry, six goals on the season, 18 assists. Man, come on. What's his uh, power play points? um, He... I can't translate Finnish. Sorry, I should have ah. that. He's averaging a uh, <laughs> um, 0.8 or 0.80 points per game. But on the power play, I'm wow, not too sure. I crazy. don't have those stats in front of me. But I, he's, I don't he's know what very, kind of stats very good. Finnish league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting website. That's for sure. Um, he's very good positionally. Very strong two-way game. Wow. So And very mobile. Okay. Okay. Um, Next, I'll stick with the Finns. We have Ronnie Hervonen. Ooh. So he's another 19-year-old. He was on the World Juniors last year. He's going to be on him again this year. He, at this point, has 16 points in 28 games, playing for I, I, HIFK Helsinki. Nice. Um, projects out to be top six forward, somewhere oh, okay. in there. Um, whether or not he makes it, who knows, yeah. right? But. Definitely, definitely another one to keep an eye on. Someone you can cheer for if uh, if the worst happens for Canada at the World Juniors. <laughs> and then the the player that I, I hinted at earlier, 
And I don't know why I don't have his thing up here. It must have went away. But Maddie Nice. Nice. So Matthew Nice has been just dominating right here in the Collegiate League. This is the only player that I've actually heard of. I heard about him alongside Alex Steves. Yes. Yes. So Nice is a Arizona boy. Oh, interesting. Hence my comment, something to thanks Phoenix for earlier. No, that's awesome. Um, Okay, okay. He needs to work on his mobility a little bit. He's got a wicked shot. Any highlights you see, he's just like burying. You can tell he's looked up to someone like Matthews. Um, he, he's going to be on, he'll pretty much guaranteed to be on the U S team in the world juniors. So we can keep an eye on him there as well. Nice. Awesome. We also have, uh, I believe we took him in the seventh round. Um, Everberg, okay. who has been invited to team Canada camp, whether he makes the team or not, I'm not sure. Nice. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, we, we got a, we got a, a handful of good ones coming up. Ryan Teverberg oh. is his name. You know, I'm actually uh, so excited about Nice because this guy, 18 points in 16 games played. And not only that, what gets me, because with the with Dubis, everyone always criticizes that he drafts tiny players, right? Like Niemela is 5'11", 165 pounds. And then the next Finn was 5'9", 172 pounds. Nice is 6'3", 205. So... This Ooh. is a plus. Yep. And then when you look at the top of our leaderboards in our prospects, our leading guy, Ty Voigt, for the Starnia, Sarnia Sting, mm-hmm. has 29 points in 23 games played, but he's only 161 pounds at 5'10". Just reminds me of a little Marner, you know? And then Joe Miller, even better, he's 5'9", 146 pounds, but the guy has 24 points in 31 games played. So it's like that... Small frame. I know, like, you think, where, where, where are we feeding these guys nowadays, you know? But the game's changed. They, it's, a, it's a fast game now. But when you're 140-pound shit, like, you're going to die out there, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we what we've seen in the last, like, 10, 15, even 20 years, like, back to... I remember guys like Marty St. Louis and Kyle Wellwood. Like, players have figured out how to adapt to their size. And I think we're seeing a, a wider range of size in players now that are effective mm-hmm. because they're finding ways to, you know, like I said, like use their size to their advantage instead of just saying, you know, you have to be big to play hockey. That's true. But if I, you don't keep your head up, I, I, you could be on that ice just like Kara or wherever or yeah. and McKinnon well, the other day, even that's what I mean. like the most elite person or top three in the, the league and head down and boof, like, Damn. But you, you look at, if you look at the way Dubas is drafted, um, yes, a lot of them have been smaller, but look at the previous years when you had Mark Hunter in charge of drafting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We had Matthews hit, but if you would have screwed that one up, it would have been pretty Fair. bad. No kidding. Yeah. So wow. he, yeah, I mean, Dubas is, is going more for skill. Yeah. At least haven't drafted big people since like Antropov and Ponikarovsky. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's the guy um, on the so, Marlies that's like 6'8"? Um, it wasn't Gabriel, but the other guy... 6'8"? Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. I have uh, the list in front of me, actually. Curtis Douglas. Douglas. Yes. This Pardon is a big me. boy. And when I was looking at the no uh, 
the training camp roster because it shows you literally everything. I was it stood stood out to me like a sore thumb, right? Because this guy is massive, but yeah, six eight man. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he is one of the players that has graduated up from um, Newfoundland last year. I could be wrong on that okay. one, but the, you you've seen a lot of transition. These players are signing. ECHL contracts to go into Newfoundland because Dubas has found them or someone, one of their scouts has found them and then they're working their way up. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the last thing I want to touch on here with the prospect pool before we head off, uh, why did we see Alex Steves make the lineup before Josh Hosang? So some of this has to do with cap. Um, if you look at the Leafs cap situation right now, they don't have a lot of space they have opened up some with Marner going on LTIR, but Hosang doesn't have an NHL contract. He doesn't have a two-way contract. He is strictly on an AHL contract. So to bring him up, we would have to sign him to an NHL deal. Now you might say, great, sign him for league minimum, 750 grand, 800 grand, whatever. But you do that. If you need want to send him back down, he then has clear waivers. Mm-hmm. Then you're Fair enough. for nothing. Okay. Steve's doesn't have to. He blew everyone away in just before training camp and the uh, prospect tournament they played. Got hurt. Didn't get a chance to play. Went down to the Marlies. Was hurt when he went down there. Came in and just lit the team up. Twelve, I believe, twelve points in twelve games since he was down there. Hmm. Okay. So. That's uh. <laughs> that answers all my questions. Well. Yeah. I no longer have any uh. Any reservations about why Hosang's not on the team? Yeah. Okay. It's nice seeing his highlights, but there's uh, a lot of asterisks that come with bringing him up. Understood. You know what's interesting? He'll be there by the end of the Thank year. You. Uh, another thing I want to bring up about Hosang too, though, um, before tonight, he had 15 points in 17 games played. But uh, the last two years, I know COVID happened and stuff, but guess how many total games he played in two full seasons? Just take a wild guess. 24. Nope. Nine. Yeah, you know it. Nine. Only nine, right? Oh, yeah. So he played four one year, five one year, and then it's not like he was steady in the NHL as an Islander either. I mean, his whole NHL career experience totals only 58 games. He had uh, games 10, 16, 6, 5, 4, and then 17 with the Marlies. So people are so quick to say, sign him, sign him, sign him. He needs to bake it a little. He needs to marinate because we don't want a situation like when he was an Islander to happen. And then he gets sent down to the AHL for two years and gets called back up. I think Dubis really wants this guy to be fully ready and coming from Europe. You know, it's a totally different environment. Like, I think it's a good thing that he's staying with Marley's right now and Maybe wait till that tread, trade deadline era or before the play. I don't know. We'll see. You just have to keep monitoring the guy. But uh, it, it's been a long redemption path for him. Sorry for stepping on your no, toes no, no. there, Steph. Um, even when he got to the Islanders, he didn't really come in the right way. He was a little too headstrong. Yes. Um, kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. You know, the old boys club, you yeah. got to do things their way. Um, never really got the chance. Attitude issues, kind of like Kadri early on, had a lot of attitude issues. Yes. Um, 
And then when, once Lou got there, there was no way he was making it up. Yeah. This guy, he needed to mature and he even admitted yep. it himself, right? Like he wasn't ready. And back then you couldn't tell him what to do. You couldn't tell him this from that, you know? And of course, being a first overall draft pick back in 2014, you, you have such a high like perspective of yourself like i'm a first rounder in the nhl and then look what happened mm -hmm. right after that so give him time let him lead the marlies man like let him have that you know that um swag feeling like okay i have the confidence to do it and then maybe he'll get his chance in the nhl i don't know not next week but for me personally maybe in two months Okay, so fair enough. Last thing we want to touch on here. I know I said that was the last thing, but Curtis Gabriel for Chad Chris. Who the hell is Chad Chris? So, Chad Chris, 23 years old, second round pick, 45th overall in 2016. Um, I haven't watched a ton of his games. I don't follow a lot of prospects from other teams unless I know them locally or something. Um, but he was paired with McAvoy in the 16 World Juniors. Nice. Um, so he he has the skill set and the mind to play with a more offensive defenseman. Um, good mobility coming out of the United States National Development Program. Gold in the under-18s in 2015. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to basically will win this trade if he plays mm -hmm. a couple seasons for the Marlies. Um <laughs> not I don't see a huge ceiling for him but it's there and a lot of things I've been seeing over the past couple of years too that the system not that the Blackhawks don't oh I don't want to talk about their front office right now <laughs> um the people that the Leafs have in their system with regards to health and training and development mm -hmm. do amazing work so he's only 23 that's scratching the surface. So I, I yeah. think we can definitely get a Hall replacement out of him. <laughs> yeah. And another thing That's about uh, this guy is that he was paired with McAvoy on the same team as Austin Matthews, who was on that world junior team in back in 2016. And he's also old teammates of Joseph Wall, Joey Anderson, Mac Hellickson of the Marlies during two of the U.S. Oh, wow. under 18 teams in 2014 to 2016 so you know like he's known on the team to a lot of people he may not have a lot of stats on the score sheet I mean 15 points in 64 AHL games with the Rockford Ice Dogs but he is a young defender Gabriel at the other hand 28 years old two points in 13 games played with the Marlies as a forward third rounder in 2013 let me add it's been a while right and only five points in 49 nhl career games with the wild devil sharks you know good pickup by chicago to fill Kara's shoes for now right because they're gonna miss that heavy presence on the fourth line if he gets a chance to play anytime soon and i was telling johnny and the guys earlier like i was rooting for the guy because my sister-in-law went to elementary school with him and there's always that connect in the, connection there. And he always, like as a straight man, we're always having a pride tape on your stick. It means a lot to the community and says a lot about the guy. And he's so loved off the ice, but unfortunately just so far down that depth chart that yeah. I don't think he would ever get a chance with the Leafs this year anyway. So 
rooting for him, especially as a 28 year old, like he wants to play in the NHL. So at the end of the day, it hurts. But I think the Leafs won this trade. Marley's have Rich Clune, and then when the Leafs went and got Clifford, it basically made Gabriel expendable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. Well, we'll end it off there. So uh, thank you for your service, Curtis Gabriel, and happy belated birthday to Alex Steves. Uh, remember to follow us everywhere and give us a like and subscribe and uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you for having me. I loved it. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Six more days of holiday giveaways.